to welcome you and thank you so much for being here this morning. We are on now day 19 of a 40-day adventure together, growing deeper and wider in our understanding and love of God, His Word, and people. We've learned through 19 stories and through the scriptures and through our vision gatherings that a deep and wide follower of Jesus Christ loves. He loves God, His Word, and people. We've learned that a deep and wide follower lives for eternity as they widen their view of time and deepen their investment in eternal things. Well, this morning, we're going to see that a deep and wide follower gives. They give to advance the kingdom of God. A deep and wide follower is generous. From God's eyes, what does it mean to be generous? I want to point you to Paul's instruction to Timothy in the church in Ephesus in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Would you open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6? He says this. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Let's summarize this because I think the word of God really just gives us some clear direction into what is it about a generous generation. And I believe we can be part of a generous generation. I believe God is working in us to literally well up generosity that will be a blessing to everyone around us. Because here's the reality about generosity. Everyone loves a generous person. Everyone does. When you receive from someone, when someone gave you a gift, when someone gives you uh, words of encouragement and they're generous with their words of compliments to you, when they're generous with their acts of service to you, you love them, you want to be around them. It's attractive to be generous. And it's attractive even in our community. As we think about ShareFest, that's one of the key things that has the greatest impact when we serve our city, no strings attached. It's, it's amazing. Even people without a faith perspective who don't even believe in God appreciate it and, are, and, are, and, and feel the value. And we can share the love of Jesus when we're generous. But here in this passage, it says that they're not haughty. The picture is that they're humble. A generous generation doesn't stack themselves up against others to be superior. They aren't constantly trying to keep up with the Joneses to be on top. They're humble. They're humble. Secondly, their hope is set on God, not on the uncertainty of riches, as the passage says. They have a future picture of God's economy, not the economy of this world. It says they're also rich in good works. It's not just paying up to God or, or paying or putting an offering in. It's being rich with your, with your life. It's overflowing your actions and your attitudes are generous. You give your time and your energy. You're in the game is what this saying is saying. You're not watching from the bleachers. It says that they're generous and they're ready to share. You know, we live in such a debt oriented culture that uh, when we have a credit card, it makes us ready to spend. Okay. And that's where we run into problems. We're ready to spend. We spend so much that we spend outspend our income. So we go into debt And we're no longer, once we get debt in our lives, and the clause of debt makes us a slave to whoever we owe, 
we're not ready to share then. And, and Christians need to have margin in their budgets. They need to have margins in their time. You need to have margin, even the expression of your gifts and abilities, so that you can be ready to share as the kingdom of God and as the work of God has need. And then that they're storing up treasure for the future. For the future. This is a pattern of storing up for the future eternity, which, as we learned last week, is a really, really long time. Because then, with that whole eternal perspective, it says that they can really take hold of that which is truly life. Do you realize that the vast amount of your, your existence will be in the presence of Jesus? If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you will spend eternity with him. This world, remember last week we talked about it? This life right now on earth is, ah, it's like a breath, it's like a vapor, and then it vanishes. Most of your existence is going to be with Christ. And so you're to... Understand your true reality with Christ and then live strategically taking hold of that which is truly life. So when I pray for you as my church family, this is what I pray for. When I think about generosity, Paul gives us great instruction here. The word of God guides us. I pray for humility here. I pray for our hope to be set on God, not on the uncertainty of riches. I pray for us to be rich in good works generous, ready to share, storing up for a future treasure and taking hold of life, that which is truly life. It will require for us to be a generous generation. It will require us from stepping away from the pattern of this world, as Paul says in Romans chapter 12, in order to pursue a deeper and wider relationship with Jesus. I want to show you a generous generation because this can be done. It can be done because God is still alive and working in his people. And I want to go back to the Old Testament. This happened 35, over 3,500 years ago, and we're still talking about it. And so it's in the book of Exodus. It's Exodus chapter 35. Would you turn back into the Old Testament with me this morning? And we're going to start with verse 4 of Exodus 35. As you're turning there, let me just give you a little bit of background to this passage. The children of Israel were taken by the hand of God and led outside of Egypt. Moses was their key leader at that point. God spoke to Moses and asked him to do a few things once they were in the wilderness. They were, this was a place that God was going to prepare them for the promised land. The land he promised Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph that I will bless you and I'll make you into a great nation. And all the nations on earth will be blessed because of you. And as he prepared for them in this wilderness, he asked that Moses would build a place of worship in this wilderness called the tabernacle. The presence of God Almighty would be in this place called the Holy of Holies. God was very specific with the instructions. He said what components he would use, what materials they should use, what's the size of this place, what the quality of this place would be. God also invited his people to play a role. He gave them resources to construct something. And this is just an artist's rendering that looked like this. It wasn't this massive building, but it was very, very ornate. It had a lot of gold, a lot of silver. It had linens and and a whole bunch of very, very expensive things. Now, we're not called to build a tabernacle anymore. We're not called to build this extravagant, elaborate building. As a matter of fact, that 
Holy Spirit who dwelled in the Holy of Holies is no longer in that place anymore. No longer in the Ark of the Covenant. As a matter of fact, Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, you are a letter from Christ. You're delivered by us. You're written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. See, the kingdom moved out of a place into people. And so whatever we build now isn't the end result. The end result is the kingdom of God, the gospel taking root in us. And the spirit of the living God is alive in us. Paul says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. What moved from the temple, the tabernacle to the temple now is in our hearts through Jesus Christ. It's never to be just about a building because here's the reality. Buildings will become ruins in time. But human hearts live forever. So we come back to Exodus here. And we come back to this, the building of this tabernacle. And we're going to see how God builds generosity in people. Whenever the people of God try to accomplish something greater than any of any one of them can do, we see a pattern. We see a pattern of the work of God in them. And if you trace this throughout the scriptures you will find some common principles here. There's three in this passage that I want us to remember as we are involved in the deep and wide expansion. The first thing God does is he calls people to a vision. That's the whole picture. He called people to a vision. People who are called to a vision are generous. Look at what they're called to in Exodus chapter 35. Moses said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution. And then he goes on and talks about gold and silver and bronze and linens and and a whole bunch of different things that he specifically calls them to bring as a contribution to the Lord. Now, this is the picture. He was calling them to a vision. And there's a question, two questions that I have as we talk about this. First one is, again, remember where they are. Where are they? And then what did they have? Because both of those things give us insight into timeless principles for our lives right now. Right now, the children of Israel in Exodus 35 are in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. There was no food to be gathered. God provided them with manna in the morning every morning to show that everything they had came from his hand. They were in the middle of no. None of them had jobs. They weren't collecting incomes. And what did they have? Well, they had anything they had, God gave them. Matter of fact, if you take a look at how they could even have these items, you would see that God provided them. Back as they were leaving Egypt, they had these plagues that hit Egypt and the Egyptians wanted them out. But Pharaoh had a hardened heart before God and would not let them out. And God said to Moses, tell the people on the way out to whatever, to ask for the people where they serve in their homes, because they were slaves in these homes. Ask the people where you live for anything you want, and they will give it to you. Isn't that fascinating? Hey, we're on our way out. What are you going to do with it? Take it. Take it. Could I have that? Sure. Get out of here. That was the whole picture of their flight out of Egypt. In Exodus twelve thirty six, it says, The Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so they let them have what they asked. 
And thus they plundered the Egyptians. This was called peaceful plundering. It's how God worked. He supplied them with everything they would need for the construction of his tabernacle. But everything they needed, he supplied. This is the timeless principle. God does not ever ask you to give something that he hasn't first given you. He doesn't ask you to give out of my income. He doesn't ask you to, to, to wish for a massive windfall of cash before you can finally give. He's already entrusted you with something. Now, some of us have more than others. But he's entrusted all of us. He only asks us to give out of that which he has given to us. Everyone exhale. <sighs> okay? This concept of getting into debt so that you can give is not a picture. This is it's a picture of everything God has entrusted to you is what he asks for you to give. So Moses called them to a vision and he was as he was called to the vision of God. And folks, this is why leadership is so important. God speaks to leaders and they speak to people. Our leadership is together on this vision to expand. We believe this is God's timing and we believe that this is God's direction for our church family. So look what happens. Look what happens as as Moses shared and called them to a vision. Look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. He stirred. The Spirit of God stirred in their hearts. Look at this. It says, Then all the congregation of the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses, and they came. Everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him And brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting, for all its service, and the holy garments. Let's just pause here. Because Moses called them to a vision, and the people left his presence, and they engaged the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's this whole pattern. It's a holy pattern, because they actually, this was not Moses' responsibility. This was God's responsibility to do this. And when we talk about generosity, we call you to a vision. But you know what? This is the part where I go, "Ah, it's not my responsibility. See, as a leader here, it's real easy to worry about, oh, am I speaking this clearly? Have I said this in a good way so that people will give generously? And oh, have I done a good job? And God says through his scriptures, this is not up to you, Joe. This is not up to you. This is not up to our elders. This is not up to our deacons. It's not... Some of you grew up in churches that had guilt and shame around giving or you had pressure around it. I remember a friend telling me that there was a church he went to and and they locked the doors until people gave enough. And that was determined by the pastor. And I thought, what? That would just be a nightmare, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's not what this picture is about. This is the stirring of the Holy Spirit. I trust you more I trust the Holy Spirit in your lives. Because that's the whole picture. When you are called to a vision, the Spirit moves in us. That It's a willingness to listen then, right? To be stirred by the Spirit, you must listen to the stirring of the Spirit in you and engaging the vision of God. The people were stirred to be a part of it. And God honoring generosity is not done with guilt and shame. Worshipful giving is done best when each of us engages God, the vision he has for us, and we follow the stirring of the spirit. Jesus is most pleased 
when we give with a willing heart. He loves a cheerful giver. This is why it's so difficult for some of us to give. Because we're self-led instead of spirit-led. We think of ourselves first, and then we give God whatever is left over. And this is the reason why we're having the deep and wide expansion. To share the vision so that it might be stirred by the Spirit in the lives of people. So some of you have already been stirred by the Spirit. And you are ready to move and to act and to respond. God bless you. Others of you have not yet been stirred. And that's why we have this, to call you to listen to the stirring of the Spirit in your lives. Some of us are resisting the Spirit. And we're going to courageously be called into listening to the Spirit. Some of you are hardened to the Spirit. And quite frankly, you will miss out. You will miss out if you stand on the sidelines. This is not guilt and shame, but you'll just get more of the same because every time I become hardened or resistant to the Spirit, I get more of myself and I get less of God. And I don't know about you, but I'm I'm 48 years old and I have kind of had it with myself. I've tried myself. I've been addicted to myself and myself doesn't work. It doesn't. We have to have the Holy Spirit moving and acting in our lives. And we all have to be stirred so that we might be moved by him. And as our ears listen and are called to the vision and the spirit stirs in our hearts, the spirit does another thing. He moves. He moves our hands to be to be uh, in response to the vision of God and the, the stirring of the spirit. The same spirit who stirred in the Israelites moved them to give generously. And that's just the simple concept of generosity. You cannot be generous if you don't give, right? You have to give to be generous. And and the whole picture of the Holy Spirit stirring in you is to move you, not to just give you nice, good feelings on a Sunday morning, but to move you into action, to follow his leading. Look at the pattern in verse 29 of Exodus 35. It says this, all the men and women, the people of Israel, whose heart moved them to bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, they brought it as a free will offering to the Lord. Did you see that? A free will offering to the Lord. They were moved by the Spirit. They gave what God had given them. They also applied their skills and abilities. This just wasn't showing up with items. This was showing up with their capacities, with their energy, with their time. By the way, where did they learn these skills and abilities? They learned them as slaves. They learned them building the kingdom of Egypt, not the kingdom of God. Yet, through redeeming his people out of Egypt... God redeemed their very stories. Even in slavery, they learned skills and abilities that would advance the kingdom of God. Why do we need to know this? Why is this a timeless principle for us? Because you never know how God is going to redeem your story. From what you used to be building someone else's kingdom, generosity calls you in to build God's kingdom. See that? He redeems stories. God does that because he is a God of a hope and a future. And by the way, this has always been the pattern here. 
We've always uh, believed the timing and the priorities were from the Lord when we called people to a vision. We've always prayed that the Holy Spirit would move and stir within us and around us. And then we've always tried to provide opportunities for people to respond as they were moved by the Spirit. Now, let me just ask you this. When this pattern has happened in your life, what have been the result? You know, I just think about this whole concept about how, um, how the Spirit of God stirred in my heart and in your heart. Think about the people who started Fellowship Bible Church. The Spirit, they were called to a vision. The Spirit stirred in them and they made them, they moved. The Spirit moved them to do something. I think about all the other places, not just inside this church, but around us, where people, if you've ever been called to a vision, been stirred by the Spirit, and moved as a result of it, I think about those who started Young Life here in town, those who started the Topeka Rescue Mission, those who started NetReach, those who started Trash Mountain, those who started ShareFest, those who uh, started The Bridge, all of our ministry partners here. It's been a joy just to listen to the story. We saw a need. We felt like called by God for a vision. We were stirred by the Spirit and we responded. We moved. That's the pattern. It's the pattern that generosity flows from us. This is a process that brings glory to God. It's not a sales pitch. It's not pressure. But it's a confident trust in the working of the Holy Spirit in the lives of people. We're not responsible for results, folks. We're responsible for calling people to a vision and trusting them with the Holy Spirit. That's the whole picture of generosity. But we get the picture. We get the picture of what the result in Exodus chapter 36 looks like. If you turn the page and look at Exodus 36, verses 3 through 7, let's read what the result was. It says, They received from Moses all the contribution that the people of Israel had brought for the doing of the work on the sanctuary. They still kept bringing him free will offerings every morning so that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came, each from the task that he was doing, and said to Moses, look at this, the people bring much more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command. The word was proclaimed throughout the camp. Let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution for the sanctuary. For the people were restrained from bringing For the material they had was sufficient to do all the work. And look at those last two words. And more. And more. The result there was more than enough. More than enough. They had more. Could you imagine if we did that? Hey, everyone. We've got more than a stop giving. Put put your checkbooks away. Stop because it's just too much money that you guys are giving. Thank you so much. That's what happens. When people are called to a vision, stirred by the Spirit, and respond to the moving of the Spirit in your life, God always provides more than enough. More than enough. Now, what happened 3,500 years ago, do you think it could happen today? Just think in your own mind. You don't have to go yes or no out loud. Just some of you would go, absolutely. Others would go, I don't know. I don't know. Different world back then. If we could only go back 3,500 years, life would be so much more simple. (laughs) Well, I believe it can. Here's why. 
Because just like the Israelites, we're called to a vision of increasing the glory of God on earth. Then it was a place, but now it's people. It's the heart of God in the hearts of people. I believe it can because just like the Israelites, the Spirit still can stir in our hearts. Those of us who have been involved with the Spirit know He can still move and stir us in our hearts. Just like the Israelites, the Spirit still moves us to engage the mission of God. But you know what? Even more. Even more. Because even more than the Israelites, we actually live in homes. We don't live in the wilderness in a tent. We aren't camping for our lives. God has given us homes and he's entrusted an incredible amount of resources to us. We are rich by the world standards. Rich. When you compare the six billion people around this world with the American church, we are rich. We are wealthy, even at poverty level. And even more than the Israelites, we have the spirit of the living God who lives in us through our faith in Christ. You have, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Folks, even more so, this can happen today. And we can be part of a more than enough opportunity, a stirring and a movement to the spirit of God in our time. And so we'll call you to the vision. We'll trust you with the Spirit's stirring. And we'll thank God for how he moves. Called to a vision, stirred by the Spirit, and moved by the Spirit. That's how generosity works. Here's what I want you to consider as we practice generosity in our church family. We have ShareFest coming up on October 5th. And I need you to show up with more than enough. I don't know what you're doing on October 5th, but from 8 until noon, nothing more so influences our city than serving the children at their schools, a 501 school system. It's four hours, one time a year. I would even encourage you, if you have something that morning, to, to, to still be a part of it. In some capacity. I remember when Nathan was in soccer, we played a soccer game early that morning, and then I made it over there mid morning. I still gave three or four hours, or two or three hours there. It was a blessing, and I got something out of it. And, and what we find is that when we show up, work gets done. I was amazed when 100 people showed up at a school how many things could happen in just a short amount of time. Folks, we had more than enough. And we need more than enough. Our numbers on your participation this year are lower than they were last year at this time. I need everyone today to sign up for ShareFest so that we can plan. We've stuck our necks out. We need you to show up so that we can have a more than enough moment on October 5th. Secondly, you're going to be receiving in the mail this week a packet that calls you to the vision of the deep and wide expansion. You're going to get a brochure like this. You're going to get a letter from our elders and you're going to get a commitment card. Please take the time to read through the brochure as well as the letter and then take some time to to seek the Spirit's leading in your life. Pray and ask the Spirit to stir in you with the most important things about this and then seek to the Lord as to what he's going to move. I trust his work in your life, not mine. I trust his. 
Because he's going to lead you to be a generous church. And as we follow this vision, we're going to ask you to give as absolutely much as we possibly can for one a one-time first fruit offering. This will help us start the process of constructing our new expansion here. But then over and above what you give here, we are looking for a 36-month commitment. Over and above. This isn't going to require all of us being generous because we want to, we are seeking more than enough for this project. And God is the one who can do this in all of us. As we close our time in the word, I've asked an elder of FBC named Greg Pruitt to come up here to join me here. Since I have known Greg, he has been actively and personally involved in making disciples. He gives leadership and direction to our outreach ministry and is a faithful, capable, missional leader in our church. Greg, would you come and share and then just close our time in the word in prayer? Yep. Good morning. Um, How many were here, by raising of hands, how many were here eight years ago? Everyone look around. You're not going to get knocked in the head, poked in the eye. Okay. All right. Um, we also, our family came about eight years ago and when we came, they were just starting the program here is actually, this is already going this program here to get this started. And, uh, we were part of the process, not, we'll talk about that in a second, but we were part of the process and it was exciting to be here because our kids, when our kids came here, they really tied into the program called the mountain. Now the mountain for us has been just a real blessing. A real encouragement. I know our children uh, have, uh, have, have changed and become more like Jesus because of that opportunity. And, and my wife and I want to say thank you to the vision and the purpose and the heart and the resources and the time that original 400 plus people had to create a program that our children could be changed and encouraged and discipled. I want to say thank you to the men um, who have invested in my son's life. Uh, meeting him with him in this room here, discipling him in a small group, encouraging him, uh, investing time in him. Thank you, man. You're, some of you are here today. Thank you for investing in my son, Zachary. Today, he, yep, that's fine. Uh, today, he is involved in worship and he meets with other guys and he encourages other guys. He is a discipler and encourager today because of your investment in him. I want to say thank you to the women who invested in my daughter, Nora to listen to her and to cry with her and to be patient with her and to love her. And today my daughter leads a small group like she was in a small group in this room in the mountain program. So thank you to the women who invested in my daughter, Nora. Rochelle and I appreciate that investment. I want to say thank you to the women who invested in my daughter, Laurel. Uh, you, She's a little nut, okay? Well, she's not crazy, but she is... She's very protective, and she likes reading her books and doing her little thing. And you women helped crack her shell, and you loved her, and you encouraged her. And today my daughter, Laurel, is helping leading small groups downstairs and holding little girls' hands and praying for them and leading them. Thank you for those who had a vision and time and resources and invested in my children. Thank you for those who had a vision to uh, increase. We were part of the two in the U. Uh, when we came here to fellowship. So thank you for being part of that process. Uh, you have blessed 
our family. Um, today, I want you to think about today how uh, you have been blessed by the generosity of somebody else. Take some time to consider that today. How have you been blessed? Whether today, this last week, walking into this place, have been blessed by the generosity of somebody else. Um, this is a, um, a pipe. And what kind of pipe it is? Can anyone tell? Copper. Okay, copper pipe. What does this copper pipe carry, typically? Water. Okay. Um, if you look above you, uh, right above you, there are some lines that run, especially in the center of the church. There's lines, little black lines. That is conduit. This is actual, actually a conduit. That's conduit. That conduit up there carries wires, too. When we first came to the church, we were part, actually, I had my arm with a spray can and a mask. Uh, we uh, had on lifts, we were painting all that conduit from silver to black. And I didn't wreck the lift. And uh, But we, we were part of that process. And we were thinking about, and I was thinking about this last week, about this conduit here. The conduit's important because it carries something. But what's really more important is what the conduit carries. And that's what that's all this expansion program's about. This building is a conduit to facilitate ministry. This building's been a conduit in my family's life to change us, to, make, to help disciple us, encourage us, and to help us become a little more like Jesus, to share the gospel, the goodness, and the gift of God to other people in our lives. So here's the call for us. It's my family's turn to give freely and joyfully, and we will. It's my family's turn to be involved in a small group and invest in other people's lives to share the goodness and the gospel and the gifts of God in our lives to other people. And we're part of that right now. And we're excited to be part of the next expansion program that's occurring here. So we can simply, all we're going to do is make this bigger. That's all we're going to do. We're going to make the conduit, this conduit here, we're going to make it bigger to leverage what God is doing here at Fellowship. And that's our call for each one of you. What's your part? What's your gift, your resources, talents, time? What's God calling you to do to share the gospel, the goodness, and the gifts of God in your life? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your incredible blessing. And that, Lord, we are so often the recipients of others' generosity. And may we just consider that and give you thanks and them, Lord. Lord, stir us. Move us, Lord, to what you want us to do. May we hear from you. May we be obedient to listen, Lord, that as we move through this day and, and even continuing on here, Lord, that the gospel and the goodness and the gifts of God, your, all the things you've given us, may flow through us because we're your conduit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.